Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we have another pro edition of The Deciding Point. Yes, the 2023 season is winding down, but there are still a few tour-level events, as well as countless challengers and ITF Pro Circuit events happening around the globe. Of course, in each of those events, there are always players with college tennis ties competing, and we know it's our job here at Crack Rackets to keep all of you tennis fans up to date on all of those results. Now, we got a couple of weeks to catch up on here on today's show, and it would be impossible for us to run through all the quarterfinalists, all the semifinalists. So it will be a somewhat abridged version of the show today. We're going to focus on the title winners, focus on the finalists, focus on the players who have made significant breakthroughs over the course of the past two weeks weeks and joining me on the show to help break it all down is a man all of you of course know as one of our interns here at Crack Rackets hosts a weekly episode or almost weekly here on the Great Shot podcast of course it's our dear friend college tennis correspondent Archit Suresh Archit hey great shot welcome back to the show how are you doing today my friend well, Gruskin, I'm certainly feeling better than you have over the course of this past week, but I do I did appreciate the little almost weekly dig. It, it is getting closer to almost weekly than weekly, but well, it's I mean, look, it's always a pleasure to hear you and Richard on the microphone, and again, whenever you guys can, I know our Crack Rackets listeners appreciate that fact. Certainly, I appreciate having you on today's show because we got a lot of results to run through. Of course, looming over all of it, as we're all well aware, is the start of the 2024 college tennis dual match season. We're ready to rock and roll here at Crack Rackets, not just offer our preseason top 10, but I'm ready to call matches. I'm ready to get into it all, feel that dual match energy. I imagine that, if nothing else, will help break the sickness spell I have been in over the past 10 days. But of course, what else helps do that? It's talking tennis. And again, that is what we are going to do on today's show. We got so many different results to break down for all of you listeners. I will do my best to categorize everything in our outline to try and organize things. Of course, you can find the rundown for today's show in the description in your podcast feed. Arshit, let's start on the men's side and let's start with some tour level headlines because we did have our last two formal tour level events, last three, I should say, last two weeks of formal tour level events of the season. Of course, I'm talking Paris Masters a few weeks ago as well as Sophia Metz, a couple of 250s that occurred last week. What stood out to you most? If you were to pick one thing from those three events, what stood out to you the most? Well, that's an interesting one because when you look at Paris, you didn't really see as many results as maybe we would have liked. 
I did enjoy the Francisco Surindolo round of 16 run, but I don't know if we can claim that. Um, why don't we head over to Sophia? Okay. What is it? Give me, give me your list. What stood out most? Well, I thought what was most significant were the doubles results that we saw throughout the course of that entire week, whether it was in Paris where you saw, once again, Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury, the success they continue to have reaching the semifinals there. Um, go into Sofia, not entirely too much on the singles front again, but certainly saw some significant doubles results. And of course in Mets where we had Jan Zielinski reaching the finals and winning the title in Mets. Yeah, I agree. It was very double centric these last two weeks on the pro tour. I think in Paris, your only winner in singles was Mackey. And, you know, again, in Mets, uh, Abdullah Shelby did qualify. He earned a win. I think he's going to be a wild card into that next gen finals. And again, keep in mind, this guy who didn't play for the Florida roster, his lone season there. It speaks to how loaded that team was, speaks to the level in college tennis, but that he's picked things up so quickly inside the top 300 uh, pretty comfortably. Uh, it speaks to his level. But yeah, I mean, again, for Jan Zielinski, who was this good at doubles in Georgia, him and Robbie Loeb, again, a top team in the country, he just continues to prove it. And the number that stands out to me with all the tour-level play really in the books for the year, there are 39 guys in the top 100 of the ATP doubles rankings. 39 of them. You know, Zelensky's at 20. I think he's one of 14 or 15 inside the top 30 right now, which is ridiculous, but it speaks to doubles is emphasized in college in a way it really isn't anywhere else. And again, 39 is a ridiculous number, but Zelensky gets a title. How about who he beat? How about Connie Fronson, who, again, was a primarily a doubles specialist during his time at Baylor? Now, he, Sven La, played one doubles for a team that ultimately made the NCAA finals. But, you know, a year and a half out, he's 66 in the world in doubles, has had a remarkable season. Not only does he and Hendrik Jebbins, his uh, partner, do they final in Mets, they reached a final at a challenger the week before. They're chasing points, they're earning success. 65 in the world in doubles. That's a really, really impressive number for him. And then, obviously, in Sophia, J.P. Smith, who similarly, I think, finaled, excuse me, or something similar at a challenger event, uh, pretty... Uh, I I, I think he it, won it, didn't he? Oh, maybe it was a win as well. Either way, he semifinals in Sofia, but Julian Cash, of course, continuing his success. He reaches that final there. Cash currently at, uh, I want to say what, where is he in doubles? 48 right now in the doubles rankings, one off his career high. So, yes, very double-centric, but, I mean, again, Krejcik, Rom. Salisbury, Hitchikata, all these guys are playing at the tour Lemons finals. Lemons and Withrow. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, again, those guys are playing tour finals. Don't step on my point if I'm about to make it. Um, no, just kidding. Um, you know, again, those guys are in the tour finals. And yes, Lamons Withrow had a spectacular season as well. But as we continue to go through this list, you're just going to hear a lot of double success because you see 39. That's how quickly it translates. 39 guys inside the top 100 of the ATP doubles rank. Those are the headline results from the tour level. Where would you start at the uh, challenger level? Again, one result sticks out to you. What would you pick and why? Well, to me, it's the amount of results that we saw in Calgary this past week. Draxel winning his first title. Big Kentucky week in Calgary. Big Kentucky week. 
big Canadian Kentucky week, but those are usually synonymous. Yeah. Draxel wins his first title, um, beats Kepfer in straight sets, 6-4, six, 6-3. Six, uh, Gab Diallo gets to the semifinals. Um, one other result, did see Draxel beating Andres Martin of Georgia Tech in that semifinals to reach that finals. But anything specific about Draxel, I know there's some some rumblings. Well, I have just in my outline, good ATP things happen in Canada for college guys because just look semifinals onward. All college guys. Andreas Martin, he's going back to Georgia Tech. He was a semifinalist. Gab Diallo forced to withdraw, unfortunately, in the semis. But again, the former Kentucky All-American. It's when, not if. We've talked about it. Him with his size, his weapons, his movement makes a top 100 debut. But how about our two finalists? Dom Kopfer. Former Tulane All-American, former number one in the country, he had fallen outside the top 100. And what he's done over the back half of the year, making a bunch of quarterfinals at the tour level over the summer, and then obviously down the home stretch playing these challengers, he's consolidated his top 100 rank, and he's getting into the main draw of the Australian Open. It means you're making serious money to start the year. It funds everything else you want to do. It's, again, a, what a finish to his year. And then for Liam Draxel, again, a guy who is waffling, do I go back to college? Do I not go back to college? For him to win a challenger title, it's not about the prize money. It's about the points. It's about the ranking. He's now inside the top 300, up to 297. That's obviously a new career high ranking for Draxel. And there's a big difference between top 300 and top 500. Not only is he getting into challenger main draws now, but again, slam qualities on the horizon. That's where you can really make these big jumps right away. The physicality is there. His ability to compete is there, but now he gets a big result like this. And again, it just brings up a massive question. Do you come back or not? It's going to be fascinating to watch it play out. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe... Um, if he were to come back, would he be the highest ranked collegiate tennis player? Well, I guess has fairies also the yeah, it barring a fairy comeback as well. But yeah, I mean, has to be up there. And again, it wasn't just singles, by the way, and it wasn't just challengers in Canada. It translated to the doubles as well, where Justin Boulay gets a doubles title alongside former A and M All American and. TCU all or I don't know if he was an All-American at TCU but he played a year at TCU one Carlos Aguilar they beat former Dartmouth Baylor standout Charlie Broom in the final for Boulay not just the Calgary doubles title wins a 25k in singles beating former Tennessee standout Giles Hussey in the final Broom by the way a semi-finalist there as was Liam Draxel and then you know Hussey gets the walkover over Boulay in the doubles final Boulay and a Hoisin but keep in mind, why did Boulay give the walkover? He had to go play Challenger, where he goes and wins the Challenger doubles title. What a week for the Buckeye, who, of course, can come back. And, you know, again, keep in mind, Anthrop, Tracy, they just made semifinals of fall mats. You know what you're getting in NCAA quarterfinalist Alex Bernard. But for both Boulay, for Boulay to go win a singles title, win a Challenger Kingsley. doubles title— Kingsley wins challenger doubles title. He makes a challenger singles final as well. And we'll talk about his Charles, uh, excuse me, Charlottesville result in a second. Every show, you could say it every show. What a fascinating lineup the Buckeyes have. So many different options can play it so many different ways. It's a huge week for Boulay. Again, all the Buckeyes across the board, college pro results. They're just having success this fall. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what they roll out. Come indoors, come May. Quite frankly, I wouldn't be shocked at whatever they do. And they, I think you, they've earned it. Like, 
I wouldn't be surprised at any single possible permutation or combination they put out there. And they can win with it, whatever you want. You throw Bernard at two or Bernard at five. I'm like, okay, cool. Roll it out. Yeah. And a really good two weeks for Andreas Martin as well. Quarterfinals, the 25K and singles as well. Just a guy who, in a lot of circles, everyone talks so highly about. And, you know, now you see why with the big pro results. And for him to not play college, go play these results, have some success again. Big result for him. J.P. Smith, Sam Verbeek did win that Charlottesville doubles title. So shout out J.P. Smith. Plays a challenger one week, goes in semifinals, a pro event the next week. Uh, good result for the former Tennessee All-American. He and Sam uh, Verbeek, who, by the way, former collegiate as well, I believe, Pacific. Pacific? Uh, yeah, they beat, Pacific. yeah, UVA's Ty Kwiatkowski, who partnered with Dennis Kudla. You saw Rybakov, Sandgren in semifinals there. Again, so many different challenger results to rapid fire through. Give me your next up on your list. What was most notable to you? Next up on my list. Why? This may be a bit of a personal one, but Ethan K, Ethan Quinn semifinals into the Charlottesville, his first semifinal since deciding to leave college after winning the NCAA title this year, Charlottesville semifinal, lots of sick, just the number of guys you see on these North American hardcore challengers. Just once again, a massive shout out to whatever it takes to get to that level. It's just, it's remarkable to see. Yeah, Quinn needed that win. Again, gets a win over Emilio Nava as well this week to start off Champagne. He's still alive in that USTA wildcard challenge into the Australian Open main draw. Who can accumulate the most points? You know, Mickelson wins the title in Knoxville, but he's now top 100. He might get on his own ranking, in which case you really want to be second in that race. And so it still is wide open. But yeah, Quinn, Kipson couple of former All-Americans, each making uh, semifinal runs in Charlottesville and singles in Knoxville. You had Sandgren, your only uh, college ties with semifinalists, but Nishesh Basavaretti, the Stanford sophomore who can return, he also makes another challenger quarterfinal before getting knocked out by Mickelson. Alex Richard, former UVA number one, also there. You know, again, doubles-wise, shout-out Cannon Kingsley. He does get that challenger title, not in singles, but he and Luis David Martin on the doubles court. They knock out Matt Kiger, former UNC guy, dear friend. Great to see him make a challenger final. He's risen into the top 300 of the chal- uh, of the excuse me ATP doubles rankings. Good to see, again, that run in Knoxville. How about Segerman and Trahawk? Another title for them, this time at the challenger level in Sydney, Trahawk 216. 216. It started this spring. He played college tennis matches in May. He's already risen to 216 in the doubles rankings alongside of Segerman. And again, they've done it all together, Arch. It's just been so, so impressive. Your other title winner, Evan King, he, alongside of Brandon Nakashima, win the title. King, after all these years, now a top 100 doubles player, very well-deserved. Nakashima, also semifinalist in singles. He just, he's needed some success to end this season. You saw Hijikata semifinal in singles, a Rinder Kanesh semifinal in singles. And then how about August Holmgren, first semifinal in singles for him at the challenger level as well. That's everything I got, Archit. You ready to move on to the ITFs? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. What's your headline? Give it to me. You get to pick one title winner, who you picking and why. Well, just because I wanted to talk some Texas, I'm going to go with PYB. PY Bailey. Sorry, I've been spending too much time with Jay. PY Bailey beats teammate Woldeep to win 25K in Austin. His second pro singles title. I believe the first one was a 15K last year. So first at this level, you want to talk about lineup projections with Ohio State. 
I can't even believe this Texas lineup. I know we've been looking at it for our top 10 rankings, but you're telling me they might get a guy like P.Y. Bailey not even playing in the top two of their lineup, could be playing as low as even four, depending on however little brother does. But it's going to be some interesting, fascinating combinations there. This was a result P.Y. needed. And it does relate to the team dual match season because the jun- he will be a junior next year at Texas. He is coming back. This event was played on home courts in Austin. The final ultimately played indoors due to weather, where, again, he beats teammate Siam Waldeep. He also beat ITL American champ, the guy who will be playing number one for Texas, regardless of this result, Elliot Spaziri, 4-2 and two in the semis. But I can't tell you the last time P.Y. had a big result like this. And a lot of it's injury-related, which is why he hasn't played his best over the last 18 months. But needed this one. This is a reminder like, yeah, Braswell won All-American, but I've been the number two and I'm not giving that spot up. Certainly not to my little brother. Certainly not to Braswell's little brother. Not to see him. Not to Cleve. This was a must-have for P.Y. Good to see him playing his best tennis. And again, if they're all playing their best tennis, oh boy, it's going to be real fun. Oh Great results for Wall Deep. He beats Lerner Tien in the semifinals. Duarte Valle, the former Florida All-American, three sets in the quarters as well. Spiz obviously makes a semifinal here. Uh, Lerner Tien, former USC player, obviously two-time Kalamazoo champion, another pro semifinal for him. It was a fun week in, August, uh, in Austin where, by the way, Lerner alongside Pepperdine freshman Edward Winter they take the doubles title. They beat TCU, Seb Gorsny, Braden Mikna in the final. So it's a really good result uh, for TN to, again, round out with the doubles title. And it was a very fun week in Austin. My headline, Archit, a guy who, again, haven't heard from in the fall, thought maybe he would take that opportunity, rack up his ranking high and use that as a launch into his pro career. No, he trusts he's going to get those chances come when he comes back in the spring And Duke's Garrett Johns has had a heck of a two weeks. Wins back-to-back 15K titles, 15Ks in Fayetteville, in Winston-Salem. In the Fayetteville final, he beats Derek Pham, uh, beats Matthias Soto in the semis as well. In Winston-Salem, wins over Tachi. DK Suresh of Wake Forest, his teammate Pedro Rodinas, knocked out by Wake Forest. DK Suresh, who is one of the standout names of the fall. And has me thinking about Wake Forest in interesting ways. And Winston-Salem more broadly to see Tachi Suresh both in the semifinals or further. Good result for the Demon Deacons. But again, Pedro Rodinas was the best freshman I saw with my eyes in the men's game last year. And back-to-back 15Ks, you know, that's Garrett John saying, whoa, wait, wait, maybe I should still be in the top spot. Don't you forget about me. It's a really good result for the Duke senior. Absolutely resurgent, looking to capitalize on his final year at Duke. That Duke team certainly got some pieces. I expect them to make kind of a top eight push later this year in the dual match season. Just big, big titles. Ozon Barris, like, can we talk about what's going on in Michigan State right now? Because at this rate, give me Ozon Barris and anybody on a doubles court, I think we'll figure it out. Well, we can't because Ozan Bears didn't have a big pro result over the last two weeks. So we'll have to save that. Did he? I don't think so. Did he have it in East Lansing? Am I missing something? I'm, I thought he won something with Gary oh, Johns. Did, did, did he not? He, um, I don't think he's I'm, – maybe I'm missing East Lansing. I'll let you check the stats there. But, again, I don't have him on my list of results. We're leaving it in. Um Anyways, are there any other results that particularly stand out to you or 
can I rapid fire the rest of the way? Why don't you go ahead and rapid fire and I will right. check those those on Barris results. All right, perfect. You look at the rest of our title winners. A shout out to two guys with Notre Dame ties, Axel Nev, Sebastian Dominco. They win the title over Soto and Whitehouse in Fayetteville at the 15K in Winston-Salem. Georgia Tech's Chopra McDaniel winners over Tachi and Pau. Again, good week for the Wake Forest team. Katri Staheli, who won a title recently in Norman. They reached the semifinals. Nava Nev, semifinalist there as well. You also, Pab Pepperdine's Guy Denudin. He wins a 25K title. Hawaii's Andre Illigan, a 15K title. Pepperdine's Daniel DeJong partners with John Spurl. By default, they win the 15K doubles title in Monastir. And then former UCLA uh, player Patrick Siraj with Kai Lemstra. They win a 15K doubles title. Those are all of my title winners on the week. Finalist Hattie Habib makes a 25K title. We've obviously seen that from him. How about Tennessee freshman Olaf Piatkowski? Uh, he makes a 15K final in Monastir. We'll see him come over for the Vols this spring. Pepperdine's Adrian Oatsbaka finalist. And then Josh Gujer, who played above Abdullah Shelby in that Florida lineup. He makes a doubles final with James Davis at the 25K. That's everything I got. Did you check your Bears result? Well, I did check the bearish results, and he did win the 25K in Harlingen with Garrett Johns, but that was, I think, a week early. I was just looking at the final date, and it is October 28th. So that doesn't count. Doesn't you're count. right. Sorry, Still if it was, if it's not within two weeks, we can't care about it. Well, it I speaks agree. to again three week one run for Garrett Johns. Um, Ozan Barris is very good, but that is a discussion perhaps for a different time. You know what he was busy doing? He was busy winning fall mats during that stretch arch. So, yeah, I think he's had a pretty successful run. All right, let's switch over to the women's side of things. Not as busy of a two-week run. Still plenty of things for us to discuss. Let's start at the tour level with the WTA Tour Finals. A shout-out to Ellen Perez, who was this good during her time at Georgia. She's been a top 15 staple in the doubles rankings now for a couple of years consecutively. Her Nicole Melikar falling in the doubles final uh, ultimately to Hunter and Mertens. But uh, shout out to them. Shout out to Aaron Rutliff, two-time NCAA doubles champion at Alabama. She, Gabrielle Dabrowski, not only winning the U.S. Open, they were semifinalists at this event. I think he had four players with ties to college tennis in this draw. Rutliff, uh, Perez, uh, who am I missing? Shibahara and Krychek. I Krychek, think, yes. yeah, are your th- are, are your four. So again, right now you look at the rankings and pretty much year end rankings. Yes, there will be a little bit of movement, but fifteen players with college ties in the WTA top one hundred doubles rankings. Six. On the women's side of singles, obviously those six, Navarro, who we're talking about in a second, Stearns, Schneider, Sheriff, Collins, Bechtis. Thoughts on those WTA Tour Finals results and what we saw more broadly at that event? Well, again, it's just repeating what we've been saying all along. These doubles results do matter at from the college level. It's clearly placed that there's an emphasis in the doubles game. And... Once again, you can see the success that they're putting up there. Perez, somebody who we knew like had this talent at Georgia and has continued to improve upon that. And excuse me, sorry, continue to improve upon that. And once again, reaches the finals of a WTA finals event. Like, not much more you can add there. 
No, again, remarkable stuff. All right, let's do it for the last time probably this year. This show has turned into an Emma Navarro progress report because every week she does something crazy. Navarro over these last two weeks, semifinals, 125K in Midland. Got to see it in person. And again, how fit she is now, how well she moves, just how fluid and smooth everything is. No one can rush her. Uh, semi-finalist there. Then she goes and wins that 100K in Charleston the very next week to go from indoor hard courts, the winter of Midland, to outdoor clay in Charleston. Emma Navarro this season, final progress report. 64-23. and 23. She played 87 matches, tour level, ITFs, 25Ks, 100Ks, you name it, she played it. 64-23. and 23. She went 74% of her matches. She made the quarterfinals or further in 15 different events. 15 quarters, 11 semifinals, 8 finals, 5 titles. The headline titles, of course, 200Ks in Charleston. She makes a 125K title uh, final in Bostad. Semifinals for her, of course, at the tour level in San Diego and Bad Hamburg. She's 33 in the world, and she's 22 years old. It's always good when the number and the age are getting pretty close there, Archit. And again, it's how quickly she's done it. 18 months. 18 months ago, she was playing college tennis ridiculous what do you think her ceiling is what do i think her ceiling is i think there's for sure a top 20 player in there and i i think that's that seems most likely what i do know is that she's going to capitalize on it week to week you've seen the success that she's been able to have 18 months ago it's her first full season on tour and she's already in the top 35 of the women's rankings borderline top 30 player the week to week to the week to week success is just incredible. You look at her, Peyton Stearns. It's because of players like these, and obviously the Ben Sheltons of the world, that we see the recruits that the college game gets now. Whether it be a Catherine Huey, Zhao uh, Fonseca, all these players, it's just incredible that they've been able to put together pro success this quickly out of coming after after coming out of the college game, and it's just unbelievable really i'm so fascinated if again top 20 does she have a top 20 weapon you watch someone like peyton stearns the kick serve the forehand they jump off the screen they're so clearly weapons that are going to work at the even at the highest of levels with emma it's a little bit different because again it is smooth you can't rush her she's going to beat you down the line if you leave something short she's going to take that ball early she's going to punish you and find the spots find the spaces i don't know if there's a definitive weakness she's not an elite elite athlete but she's never going to be too slow you know the serve has some certain certainly some room for improvement but hits the return of serve so cleanly and the contact points are so easy in today's game, does she have the weapons to be top 20? I mean, she is 33 already, and it's a lot of ITF points, not tour-level points, ITF points to replace. Like, again, what's a good year for her next year? If she stays top 50, I really do think it's a good year. I don't need to see her make another big jump from, like, 33 to 16. I think she's going to be a top 50 player for a while. I still don't know what the ceiling is. Well, I think her biggest strength is that there is no reliable weakness to pin down on. Right. There is so okay, much. But how high does that make board, your ceiling? It's a fair argument. What I, what I will say is if you're at 33 at the age of, what is she 22, 21, 
22. 22 at the age of 22 tend to err on the side of there will be some kind of improvement, whether it's with the physicality or the ball striking, there just tends to be a progression that most of these players tend to have. But again, a a good season next year is to me, solidifying her place in the top 40. I agree. All right. Well, again, you look at the other results, Midland wise, uh, you had a quarterfinal um, for Amina Bektis just consolidating her spot in the top 100 doubles wise. Kulikov makes a semifinal run. But how about Ashley Leahy? Not known for her doubles prowess, uh, Santa Maria quarterfinalist, but Leahy not known for her doubles prowess during her All-American career at Pepperdine. Finalists with Sophie Chang. They lose a really fun three-set match to Baptiste in Osigwe, who didn't play college but did win back-to-back doubles titles between that and Charleston. Shout-out to the Americans, who are very, very fun to hang around with. And shout-out to Chloe Beck, who I think made a double semifinal in Charleston at as well. Lots of ITF things to discuss, Archid, certainly as always. Where would you start? What was the headline for you on the women's side? Well, really quick, I you mentioned Amina Bectis. I did come on the show with a little bit of trivia planned for you. Okay. Amina Bectis, fourth player from the 2015 NCAA singles tournament to reach the WTA singles top 100. Can you name the other three from that tournament? Brady, Sharma, Bactis is three. Who would have been the fourth top? Colin, is that too early or late for Collins, or is she the fourth? She has to be the fourth. Fourth. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, still I still got, got it. it. Come on now. Yeah. Um, that's a good All trivia right. question, though. I have to say, that's a very good trivia question. I like that stat a lot. You said four from the 2015, and will you list them one more time, just less broken up? Daniel Collins of EVA, Jennifer Brady, UCLA, Astra Sharma, Vanderbilt, Amina Bactis, Michigan. It's and not a tough trivia sure. question, but what was the Danielle Collins other school? Just because you always got to mention it. Well, I, the one thing I did want to mention was I was hoping you'd maybe get a little confused with the three players that are also top, top 15 in doubles, which was almost Krychek and Routliff. Oh, but good follow up. I like that. The other yeah. Collins school, Florida, of course, yes. for those who unfamiliar. Um, All right. I like that. Give me your ITF headline result. ITF headline risk. Because there's a lot of good ones. Again, plenty of title winners, plenty of finalists. What's the one that stands out to you? Hmm. Do I have a specific one that stands out above all others? That's the question. I don't know if I do. Well, I guess Lucia Pear winning her second professional singles title at the Oklahoma at the Norman 15K beat yeah. Ashton Bowers at Auburn commit. Ashton uh, Bowers in the final? That ooh, that sounds correct. I believe she's an Auburn commit. Yes, Auburn commit. Ashton Bowers in the final six two six two. Yeah, I, and it's not just that. By the way, she won the singles. She won the doubles as well with Christina Novak. And again, it's another one. Her Miyamoto and Komar and Obi. What they're doing at the highest levels of college right now. It's just a top ten team, and there's no ifs ands or buts about it anymore. And yeah, for her to sweep singles and doubles in Norman at Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma of all places, just again, it's a really good result for her beating Aziranova in the semifinals and beating a Bowers in the finals, winning the doubles title as well, beat Staker and someone who I'm blanking in the final. Another good doubles result for the Sooners. They've had a couple uh, in doubles over the course of this fall. My headliner, former Syracuse standout Gabriella Knutson, 
who just continues to just rack up these funky results. And she stepped away from tennis, but now she's back up to a career high. 155 in the world is the 26-year-old. That comes after she wins a 60K title in Nantes. Um, I mean, again, beats top seed Ocean Doden in a really fun three-set final. Beats former top junior Alexandra Yela in the semis. 155 in the world. You're playing slam qualities, Archit. Like, talk about a ridiculous result. Yeah, did you have that on your bingo card for 2023? Because I certainly did not. I called her during T2, and I was just like, I can't believe she is playing, I think it was Prague 250 or something like that. And I was just watching, and I was like, I can't believe this is the first time I'm calling a Gabriela Knutson match, and like I haven't spent more time watching her because she's really good. Uh, She's got some weapons from the ground, and the technique is very, very easy. So she's one I'm always watching for now after that T2 experience. But at that same 60K, by the way, Lily Miyazaki, former Oklahoma standout, takes the doubles title with Allie Collins. That was my standout from the week to rapid fire the rest of the way. How about Carson Brandstein? Welcome back. She also earns a 15K sweep uh, of titles in Monastir, wins the singles and the doubles alongside of Selena Dahl. Uh, again, given she ended her college career with an, with an injury, really nice to see her healthy, playing tennis again, winning results because she's obviously got some serious weapons. She's got the size to make a move. Uh, I'm just I'm excited to see what she does throughout the course of her pro career. So that's a fun one to watch. Stephanie Webb. Of UCF, that's what it is, sophomore for UCF. She wins a title, 15K in Champaign, sweeps the titles there, actually. Webb beating NC State's Gina Dittman in the doubles, uh, excuse me, in the singles final, wins over Oklahoma State's Miyamoto and Gonzalez in the doubles. Arch, did anything stand out otherwise to you from the 15K in Champaign? No, we can skip that. Yeah, I think I, I got I didn't really see anything of nope. You okay? Yeah, hold on. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Okay. All right, let's try that again, but get the words out. Um, Archit, anything other than that stick out to you from that 15K in Champagne? Nothing else for me. I mean, I saw Carrington, another Oklahoma Stater, making a semifinal in doubles. It's just again, it's been a good fall. For the Cowgirls, who of course are hosting the final site at NCAs this year. Jesse Annie, former UNC standout, her and Papadakis uh, win a 25K title in doubles in Italy. Lisa Czar, is she, is she not coming back to Pepperdine? I'll tell you what, she did just win a doubles title at a 15K. I gotta believe in Sweden. Yeah, I think it was held in Stockholm. Other than that, Kayla Cross, ooh. One more title winner, Kayla Cross, coming, of course, to Vanderbilt, the freshman, partnering with talented U.S. junior Liv Havdi. They beat the Zamaripa sisters in a doubles final. That's a 25K in Edmond. Yet Isabel Boulay Lane, Sleeth doubles finalist. Amy Zhu, Ariana Arsenal, also doubles finalist. So a lot of college ties at that event. Your finalist, Astra Sharma of the aforementioned 2015 NCAA draw. She made a final at a 60K. Uh, I believe you had Jamie Lobo. I threw her in semifinals of a 60K. Jokic, Katarina Jokic, Hannah Chung, uh, doubles finalists at a 60K. And then a 25K, Anya Hurtle uh, also made a final. They didn't play that final at that 25K, but you made a final. You make the list. That's everything I got from the week, Archit. We missing anything? Any final thoughts here as we wrap today's show? 
nothing from my list no final thoughts but i'm sure we'll hear about it if we did miss anything yeah exactly please do feel free to let us know always appreciate being fact checked i'm supposed arch it's supposed to be the one fact checking us but evidently we both need fact checking as there are someone needs to fact check me yeah especially with two weeks of results we need some freaking fact checking i have no problem uh so please do let us know if we missed anything it will make corrections come next week but look we got a lot on the horizon again Preseason rankings about to be unveiled. We'll have them all here on our Crack Rackets Great Shot podcast feed. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Best in the business, of course. Mini breaks available as well, covering all things happening on the pro circuit day in, day out. With all of that said, any final thoughts, Archit? No final thoughts, Gruskin. All right. Well, then for the fantastic Archit Suresh, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Archit, what do we tell our listeners? Hey, great shot. And we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.